0: Everybody, welcome to the uh, the next Walkabout Talkabout. Um, I'm thrilled to be joined with one of my favorite games of in VR. Period. Um, the last cl- Clockwinder guys. So I'm gonna let <laughs> each of them introduce themselves as they take their shots. But I'm Lucas. I'm the the, the lead designer of Walkabout Mini Golf, and hopefully I don't embarrass myself with. My golfing abilities. okay. Oh,
1: I'm <laughs> saying wow. Yeah, yeah. so amazing. Yeah, You're just keeping that in so your back pocket.
0: <laughs> I don't want to brag. I'm pretty good at this game. I've, I've had a lot of. Are practice. we gonna get sharks? All right, all right. We'll have to. We'll oh have yeah, anybody want to put some money down? <laughs>
2: yeah. We'll have to do a that's competitive last clockwinder with you at some point, so we can uh, so we can return <laughs> yeah. the favor.
0: I could <laughs> see that. It'd be sort of like like uh, like basketball basically except you you play all five players at once or something like that <laughs> Yeah It's a great idea mm-hmm. Awesome Is this a, um, a shot, yeah? Uh,
3: John yeah, it looks like John shot here. Yeah, so. I can start introducing yeah. uh, ourselves. Um, so my name mm-hmm. is John Austin. Uh, I am one of the project leads I do game design and engineering and business and all sorts of other things Um and also co-founder of Pontoco. Um, yeah. Awesome. Take a shot. Wow us. Let's see that hole. Wow us. Me.
0: you golfing oh, no. prowess.
1: Yeah. Cool <laughs> oh, boy.
0: All right. And some. Of, and I don't think any of you guys have played this course, so you have a very good excuse. If, oh. That was really
2: close, wow. actually.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a good shot. Pretty
2: good. Pretty good. Uh, awesome. That's me. Hey everyone, uh, I'm Matt Blair, I'm uh, the other co-founder of Pantoco, and I also do game design and engineering and uh, whatever ob- jobs, ob- jobs are necessary to ship games, uh, that's how it'd be. So uh, <laughs> let's see.
0: <laughs> uh... Oh no, no way,
1: yes! Oh what the hell?
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> And I feel a little All bad right, made Anita, Anita would tee off a little earlier because she had to get it <laughs> technically set up for us. So
1: it's true. she was well, holding I'm back also, on purpose. I'm also not good at this game. So <laughs> we don't have to. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll take any handicaps I can. Um, I'm Anita. I am the art director at Pontoco. And then because we're such a small team, I also do a bunch of the little indie studio running odd jobs um, along with art direction.
0: All right. Awesome. Well, so I played, actually, most of us on the team played Last Clockwinder. Um, it's definitely one of my, like, yeah, just favorite VR games, period, just like that. Sort of like, it's just so, how do I put it? Just the mechanic of it is so simple and something that you can only do in VR. And it's just like, I'm, I'm right. curious how you guys sort of found that mechanic or where the, the, the idea came from, basically.
2: Oh, well, yeah. first, that is super nice of you to say. Uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, it's This is like our first uh, VR title that we shipped, so we really had no idea if it was going to be good at all.
0: <laughs>
3: uh,
2: and I think the mechanic was sort of uh, kind of a, a stray, like, you know, just chit-chatting about game design kind of idea that uh, mm-hmm. like stuck in our heads for like several years, uh, we had this uh, period where we were sort of like, you know, fumbling around with like what game to make next. And mm-hmm. we had this idea and we we're like, oh man, this would be like a great VR game. Just, it's so perfect for the medium. It really, like, you just can't do it in any other kind of format. And mm-hmm. it, <laughs> it, Kind of forced our hand. We like didn't really set out to make a VR game, but we had this idea, and
3: we're mm-hmm. like,
0: "Well, now we have to." So, it was. So, is this your guys' uh, first? Just, v- was it the first VR game that you guys had done then?
3: So it was the first one for the studio. Well, I that Phenomena. It, Phenomena was a pretty heavy VR uh, company, so I had been. I would even made a Quest game before this that didn't release, so <laughs> I sort of had okay. one under my belt, but. The you know first like proper VR game I would say, and it was it was also like our first time going through, I would say all of the different, I guess like areas like we had voice acting like proper voice acting like we hired like a writing team and like uh-huh. uh, like full three D assets and things like that like we kind of just like ran the gamut of all of the different uh, fields I guess whereas some of the other uh-huh. games we've made as a studio were smaller like we made a two D game for iPads uh, like back in 2015. Uh, so it's been interesting to sort of do all the different things. Uh, one of the, to your question about, uh, where the idea came from, like, one of the things that always sticks in my head is, like, very early on, like, we had this imagination of, like, 1,000 copies of yourselves knitting this, like, infinite sweater. Um, and, like, (laughs) that, that was, like, to me, that's, like, the initial seed of the idea that always stuck with me. Like, we never, you know, made it. We didn't make it a sweater knitting game, but uh, that definitely was part of the compelling <laughs> image for me. I, re- I remember mm-hmm, that we actually had made a prototype about cooking for this too. Oh,
2: sure.
3: Yeah, cooking too. Yeah, yeah. Like lots of different things where you can copy yourself and find, form assembly lines. But yeah, we made a prototype of this game back in 2015, 2016. That we like, we just remembered. Like until mm-hmm. like, like a couple of weeks ago, I can like convinced myself that we started this game back in like 2018, 2019. And then I was like, oh, mm-hmm. wait, I made an entire prototype of this game in 2016. Um, and we just yeah. you know, had to shelve it because other things came up and we just didn't have the funding to make it. Um, but it had been kicking around for like quite a while. Awesome. Yeah. We oh, were and really By the way, feel free to, make to make whoever's a...
0: turn it is, feel free to go ahead. But... Oh, is that? I don't know who's turn it is. Oh, by the way, it's if you look at your day, club and it's blue, it's your turn. That's oh, the way you, me? Can, oh, my gosh. Gosh, oh. you can tell. Not that we have to sort of like rush through or anything, but just, yeah. Kind of <laughs> I didn't even know. Play. I just didn't realize it was my turn. I totally would have. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so I'm curious how big know. the studio is, or like, are you guys all in person? Are you remote? Just sort of like, what's the general sort of like, yeah, kind of the the makeup and the story of the studio itself?
1: We've always been remote for that. For the second question, oh. it's never been. A- <laughs> oh, no. no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, we just we've never. Yeah, all we started the same remote. Uh, yeah.
2: And yep. uh, it it meant that we didn't have to uh, do much in the way of adjustment um, in
0: mm-hmm.
3: 2020.
0: Yeah, um, which
3: if anything to, was a benefit. Uh, yeah, totally.
0: So I'm yeah. also kind of curious what your guys's um, kind of individual backgrounds are. Like, have you been doing game design pretty much? Like, did you study it in school, or did you? Is it something that
3: you picked up on your own? So I'm just sort of generally yeah. how you got into it. Yeah, I guess I can start. Um, I mean, so I'm definitely one of those people that's been making games like for a long time, like mm-hmm. when I was super young, I was just making games in like Flash and all the sort of games creators, like, and I taught myself programming at a young age. So I've sort of been making games like in high school. I don't know. I, there wasn't really a moment I wasn't making games um, of some form. Yeah. Um, not all of them released. Um, I never made the hit Flash game that I was intending to, but... Uh, <laughs> the uh, the New Grounds, you know, whatever the yeah. yeah, That was close. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. But, you know, there are seeds of ideas there that still stick around sometimes. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, we all, at least so Matt and I met in college, and so in the uh, game design course there, and so we made two games in college, uh, one of which we've released, um, that, that was a Gathering Sky, um, so Matt and I have been making games for quite a while, although we haven't always been full-time at it. Like we sort of, uh, took some jobs in the middle there to save up some money and that kind of thing. hmm Um, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Pretty much what gets us yeah. to now. And then I guess, so like, I don't know, like, yeah, I took a stint at Phenomena, uh, we worked in tech for a little while. I've done a lot of like AR, um, computer vision stuff. So back in college, I was doing okay. sort of machine learning, computer vision. And that's kind of how I jumped into AR, VR, um, and mm-hmm. that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of how we got to this game. I, I'm not sure, like, if I hadn't worked at Phenomena, whether I would have known to make a VR game. Um, so <laughs> it's been an interesting path. <laughs> that's, that was, yeah, where the, the seed came. Matt, what? how about, how oh. about you? you? You guys went to college
0: together, I know, he said. Yeah, exactly. And
2: uh, for me, uh, it, wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a longstanding experience. Uh, Hobby or anything. I was in school for mechanical engineering, actually. Uh, that's what I graduated with. And uh, mm. nice. Um, I was. It was like my senior year, I guess. And uh, I was kind of like done with all the like important courses. And uh, I'd always been a fan of video games, and there was like a game design course. And I'm like, sure. I kind of like programming. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mm-hmm. This thing was fun and not an overwhelming amount of work. Uh, spoiler, it was an overwhelming <laughs> amount of work. Um, mm-hmm. But we uh, kind of just like, paired up almost like it was kind of random. And we uh, right. worked together super well. And we kind of both like went nuts on the projects we were making a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was super fun. And uh, it was the end of my career in
0: mechanical engineering (laughs) 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 and you never had to I mean I was a music major in school so I'm the king of sort of like yeah not using any of Mm. the well actually ironically I'd probably get to use some of the music even though I don't do any of the music I actually work you know with Chris the composer a decent bit and at least sort of like help figure out direction and all that so in a way it's probably actually pretty good that I got a music degree, but yeah. Anita, I'm kind of curious, yeah, did you, yeah, school, what's, how did you get into game design? Uh,
1: definitely not school. I kind of just, so I, well, I did go to art school, so art part definitely stuck around. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought I thought I was gonna work nice. in animation for a little while. I actually did an internship at Nickelodeon and then decided I didn't want to live in LA. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, when I, Finished school, I moved out to the Bay Area because I uh, just liked it better than LA, and still wanted to be in California. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of just uh, fell into video games because that was the applied art industry here. But yeah, I've always um, I've always played games. Like some of my favorite things growing up were like um, Morrowind, absolute favorite. Um, mm-hmm so yeah it worked out well um and then i've kind of just been contracting in and around games a little bit of tech stuff here and there um Mm -hmm. because i live in the bay area but uh, mostly games uh since 2013 Um, and i met matt and john at this old games co-working space that used to exist in san francisco uh, no longer but um yeah we all used oh, to yeah. work out of the game, game nest yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was it was a lovely spot uh, while it lasted but unfortunately uh, indie games and like indie games creators are uh not the people who can afford to pay office rent in San Francisco <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep um, I'm kind of cool. curious. I want to get into sort of like the game design stuff, but I'm also just kind of curious of how this came about because on the business side you guys did something that's also fairly difficult in that you <laughs> you basically got Publishers and you got people involved early on a lot of the stuff in the VR space like I'm kind of curious at what how far did you guys get it on your own or when did you sort of like bring on some partners just sort of like not I'm not trying to pry but I'm just also generally kind of curious like yeah. how just how that process worked for you That was a terrible shot. I
2: can, I can talk about wow. a little Thanks bit. I'm not
0: taking that Yeah, no,
2: it's a good question because this is like uh, Not a thing that gets talked about by a lot of developers as much as I probably should because it's super important mm-hmm. um, but what I was gonna say is like the uh, the key thing that we focused on, and I think uh, ended up working great, was making sure we had uh, the best, like, quick, uh, understandable pitch for the game. Like, mm-hmm. we had this idea, and it's uh, kind of like a, like a, a high concept. Like, it's it's easy to see it once you you know watch the game in action. But we didn't have mm-hmm. the game. At the beginning, and we couldn't just show it to people, so we had to come up with ways to explain this, uh, you know, mechanic. And we went through a bunch of iterations. You know, we had like uh, the sort of like knitting or like making a team of like uh, you know line cooks or something. Um, and mm-hmm. then to explain it in terms of like games that people already know, we would say like, oh yeah, it's like you know. Like Factorio or Satisfactory, it's like that.
3: But you're the machines. Ooh, nice shot! Wow,
1: that was a great shot.
3: Amazing! <gasps> what? Oh, I it. I've never done that. Wow!
1: That was impressive. <laughs>
3: but yeah, that 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 pitch is really, I think, what made the, all of the sort of publisher things come together. Like, I've never <laughs> experienced a game that pitches so well. Like, even to people who don't play VR, we've pitched the game, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I get that. Like, that sounds amazing. I'm just like, great. <laughs> Problem solved. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, in and terms of, like, it sort of. It still took
1: us a while okay. to, to be Aww. able to pitch it for funding. Like, the pitching oh, yeah. process, yeah. it was not. <laughs> I I don't want to say that that made things easy for us, because it was still, like, yeah. multiple rounds. Oh, yeah. uh, we had mm-hmm. to, for some of it, it was, like, uh, some publishers just weren't interested until there was like more final art, stuff like that. Um, so it, it's mm-hmm. never an easy process, but I think that was like super, super helpful for us.
3: I think that we mm-hmm. pitched to like 30 publishers and they all said no, uh, like at one point in the process. <laughs> like the, the process is pretty was pretty complicated and like not all of mm-hmm. it I can really mention because of just like contract reasons. Um, oh yeah, but, absolutely. Like, but but to to say what I can I guess uh, like we got a little bit of funding early on to just sort of like make something and then mm-hmm. it was actually quite l- like quite late that we brought on Cyan and Robot Teddy, um, so mm-hmm. Robot Teddy is doing like business development for us and a bunch of other things and Cyan is doing publishing uh, and helping out with QA and marketing and that kind of stuff. But we actually didn't like sort of secure those deals until like the game was like. Almost essentially done. Like we were finishing up the third act, but like you could play through, you know, a solid three to four hours of the game. Um, but so, unlike most, I think most games where you like pitch it and then you make the game, like this, this is sort mm-hmm. of like retroactive. But we also sort of lucked out because there is like just general VR funding out there, uh, mm-hmm. where which is not really a thing in the traditional game space you have to go find a publisher you're not going to get like you know microsoft or just like chuck you some cash for a game um whereas like mm-hmm. there are definitely are platforms out there in vr that like are still funding content because they know they need to have a platform that kind of stuff um gotcha. so uh, it's, it's a little bit easier i think super, for indie to
2: get in because of that it's really wild to me how film seems to i mean i guess this is what you get if you you know have an industry running for like 100 plus years but This is like, you know, film is generally like they they know like how long things are going to take, you know, like Mm -hmm. you say you're going to like, you know, release this movie in like 2025 or something, uh, and it happens Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, this never happens with games
0: like no one knows how long anything is going to take. So it's just it's yeah, it's very different, like you said. That's definitely something I am, I've missed from the film world now that I'm more on the game side of things is just sort of like that the more linear, steady, sort of like with games you just have to try mm-hmm. stuff out and you have to be a little bit more experimental mm-hmm. just in order for it to, yeah. to work and even then sort of like we probably have closer to a film model now that we're doing. A course you know we're still not to that course a month that we've kind of set as our internal goal but we're putting out stuff on For a sure. regular basis yeah. It's almost more it's almost more like doing an episodic TV thing where you're like oh yeah we deliver a new episode every periodical you know every month or so so it's a, a little easier to break it down into discrete chunks oh so yeah. close.
2: Oh. So close.
0: <laughs> it seems really appealing actually
2: yeah. like to be able to you know be Using like tools that you're familiar with and like have sort of like a workflow and like timelines for stuff. Right. Whereas like <laughs> you know making making the last Clockminder is like yeah. this mechanic didn't exist before. We don't know what puzzles are going to work. We just have to <laughs> yeah. like yeah. Yeah. Uh, make stuff and make the wrong thing a lot until uh, we accidentally <laughs> make the right thing.
1: Yeah, and I think yeah. so well, it's also really.
2: We... Oh, go ahead. I really wish we could like make a. I don't know. I understand why so many studios go for like <laughs> DLC or like you know sequels and like follow-ups, where it's like mm-hmm. you have all the like you know uh, tools and like skill with the game that you've already made, and it's kind <laughs> of a waste to like <laughs> not use more of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. and well, I think, I think some of that also. Wise, we, we weren't even like that far off. Like we we thought it was going to take two years, right. and it took three instead of it taking like five. But you know, oh, it could have been much worse. You hear, yeah. you hear stories yeah. from like indie game creators who are like, "Yeah, I thought this was going to be a three-month project, and it turned into seven years."
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, probably, yeah. It, I'm sure it helps though that you guys have worked at so many other studios, and you have because I'm so. Was this right. the first game that you as a studio published, or you said
3: there was another mobile game that you had released? Right. We made Gathering mm-hmm. Sky, which was a an off. It was basically um, for, we made a game for advanced game design, so. Matt and I did intro game design and enjoyed working together. And so we came back around for advanced oh. game design. Uh, and that game turned into Gathering Sky, which is this sort of tablet game. Um, well, it's also for desktop too, but uh, it's basically a game about guiding a flock of birds through the sky. It's kind of this meditative, mm-hmm. musical, artistic, definitely art house game sort of thing. And we did the whole publishing or sorry. We were pioneering yeah. the meditative flock-em-up genre. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but anyway, we, so we did the whole release system there, like working with Apple and like, how do we get feature placements in these stores and all that kind of stuff. And also just like, you know, how do you actually get a game that's out as, as opposed to like, mostly done, which is the hard part, I think. Um, that's but, always one of the things that I, I ooh, nice whenever shot. people are asking like, oh, for like, yeah,
0: like, for advice or something is like always publish something like just to go like if you don't actually release something right. you miss like 50% of the work and 50% of the knowledge that yeah. is actually going to help because the the making the actual pro, like the, the core production that people always think of not including like all the polish and all of the storefront stuff and all that right. is only like half of it it seems like so
3: yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's the thing, thing that I, I didn't like takes
0: longer I didn't like
2: believe it until Actually that it it was like, surely, you know, if you have a game like that <laughs> runs and like is fun to play and stuff, then like that must be all of the hard parts done. But no, it is hundred yeah. percent true that like hitting it there. out the door onto a storefront yeah. is like way more work than it makes any sense to be, and you mm-hmm. just can't really like see it until you do
0: it yourself. Yeah. Yep. So yeah i've asked a lot of business questions just because again i'm also kind of like i'm learning the games (laughs) industry coming from a different you know kind of a parallel industry but i'm also very curious on the Mm -hmm. creative so one of the things that i really liked about last clock wonder it was a very it was a really cool mechanic super fun to play it also sort of like you did a great job just sort of like taking a simple mechanic building on it um, but I'm kind of curious, mm-hmm. sort of like with a puzzle game like this, like it could have been twice as long, but it feels like you guys have mm-hmm. the perfect amount of like, Oh, you really use the mechanic and you did a, you elaborate on it. But how do you sort of with a game like this, decide where how much content is going to go in or where the stopping point is for an, kind of an open-ended puzzle puzzle game like this.
3: It, it's definitely tricky. Well, I mean, yeah, sorry. it depends
2: on who you ask too. Cause, uh, we definitely have players who are like, I want yeah. more puzzles, yeah. uh, but at the same time, it's like not a—it's yeah. not a bad thing. It's like, oh, you like you liked it enough that you want more. I, I, I do kind mm-hmm. of like experiences that like don't overstay their welcome. You know, you don't like have enough of it that you like even start to get a little bit bored of it.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's definitely tricky, especially with a narrative game. Is you're sort of balancing puzzle pacing and narrative pacing at the same time, and I think sometimes. If the game runs a little too long. You start to get a little bit long in the narrative pacing, and so yeah, um, that was definitely a balance. I think honestly, like a, a big part of it is also just like like boring things like planning and things like that. It's like mm-hmm. um, like we want to deliver a number of mechanics that are at a high enough quality, like making sure all of the fruits are really interesting to interact with, and like actually add something rather than just sort of pad out the experience. So. We didn't want to like add more levels if they were going to be repetitive. Um, like and mm-hmm. partially because of that, that means adding more content does take a lot longer. Um, just because right. we have to like find we, new mechanics and really to add polish a ton them. More up.
1: Levels. If we yeah, if we wanted to add a ton more levels and make them new and exciting, that would mean yeah. like like not only would we have to design new mechanics, but we would also have to like the art team would have to come up with a new look for the new place and mm-hmm. like uh, Yeah, there's just, like, a lot of bandwidth questions that we didn't have enough time for. (laughs) Oh, so
0: close. So I'm actually kind of curious, and I'm not asking if you guys are, are like, not, like, an official announcement or anything, but have you guys considered adding more in either, like, an expansion (laughs) pack or anything
3: like that? Or at this point, are you sort of, like, are you pretty much moving on to the next game? It's definitely on our minds. And, yeah, we're not going to say anything because, the littlest, <laughs> yeah, the littlest bits <laughs> of anything are always, you know, grabbed onto. Um, so no, no promises at all. Um, but it's definitely a game that does have potential for that. Um, and like one of the reasons we're interested, um, this, there's like a little modding community around the game right now, which is trying to reverse engineer the game. And so we're actually pretty supportive <laughs> of that because it's a, a nice way for people to add like more levels without like us needing to go through the entire production cycle um yeah if we did add levels i'm particularly interested and i can't you know totally speak for the team but i'm particularly interested in in some of the like doing something a little bit like um non-narrative like if if you remember like the dlcs for mirror's edge or like even portal i think had some dlcs Mm -hmm. where it's just like you know you like make the dlc in like a non-narratively related area like maybe it's just like a bunch of rooms deep in the ship that you know aren't related to the story, because a big, mm-hmm. a big slow part of making all these levels was just like, oh crap, this level now has to like engage with the story in this way and environmental storytelling, yeah. and like it's kind of this all, this massive puzzle that all has to fit into place, which makes everything take yeah. twice as long. But if you just mm-hmm. make some levels and don't have to like have those constraints on it, then I think we could do something and- a little faster. But- and you could maybe even do a couple of
0: mechanics that might not fit narratively, but are just really fun that, that again, using more yeah. of the mechanics than the actual things, so yeah. Well, And, and also, I, it wouldn't
3: have to fit into a pattern, too, because a lot of what we were trying to do is, like, find emergent behavior and, like, such that okay. as you add these new fruits on top, like they all sort of play into the other as well. Um, mm-hmm. But that also adds its own set of constraints. So if we can do some like separate levels that are just like, eh, maybe it's just one mechanic and you only see it once and like that's just how it is. I think we can mm-hmm. do a lot of interesting things there. Um, yeah, and there's also like, yeah, you know, you're not restricted by like tutorial flows and the need to have yeah. certain types of, you know, difficulty increases and all that kind of stuff, so. Um, yeah. yeah, we did have also mechanics
2: that were uh prototyped early on that (sighs) feel like they have a lot of potential nice shot yeah Mm -hmm. that uh just didn't fit into the rest of the game for for various reasons and there's always hope Mm -hmm. that like you know we can find some way to actually like make a fun puzzle or something around that i think the thing man the thing that i was most shocked by was uh the person who figured out how to uh, build like tools out of the uh, like fruits and bonders, uh, yeah, which was never intended. Uh, I don't think Did, we ever tried describe this, it, even in our experiments. Yeah. So yeah, there's. Yeah, somebody uh, had. Uh... Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm taking a shot.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, somebody had somebody had taken so in in the game there's these little bonder sticks where you can that you can use to sort of poke through two fruits to bond them together, and somebody mm-hmm. had taken that and full on like built uh, by attaching a lot of bonder sticks to uh, a main fruit. They would built a little bowl, um, and they were using it to sort of shovel fruit. Um, And it had like a handle and everything. It was totally wild. We had never expected anyone to make something like that. Uh, Yeah, I think it's on Reddit somewhere.
0: That's awesome. I mean, I hadn't even really thought of that, but you guys also have one of the things like we have in this, which is once you introduce physics, like, <laughs> things yeah. suddenly become yep. open-ended. We have, like, the, the trick yeah. shot community in this game of people who are, like, doing what you're oh doing. Like, gosh. oh, I'm going like, <laughs> to, there's a spot where I can bounce off the gondola <laughs> to get a hole in one or, like, oh yeah, God. Yeah. never expected that was going to be a thing. But yeah, physics really <laughs> opens up the possibility of just what you can do. Yeah, yeah. it's um, really not even a thing you need to, like, plan
2: for in our experience. Like, players are going to, mm-hmm. like, they're clever and they're going to surprise you. Uh that's <laughs> yeah. That's like one of my favorite things, actually, about like watching
0: people uh, play a game mm-hmm. that you that you think you understand.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. yeah.
0: So I have one mm. more sort of like selfish question that I'm very kind of curious about, because again, coming from the film world and story and writing was always sort of like that was my big thing. I'm very curious with something like Last Clockwinder. The story is fantastic. How? Do you intertwine that, or at what point did you guys figure out the story to support the mechanic, or was it vice versa? Mm. So I'm I'm curious what your process was for that.
3: It was messy.
1: <laughs> yeah, the mechanic definitely. So came many first, iterations. It, yeah.
3: Yeah. The mechanic did come first, uh, and least, yeah. yeah
2: we spent a long agonizing process <laughs> trying to make uh, a setting and a story that um, would. Have some sort of uh, you know meaningful connection to it. Um, we like spend a lot of time thinking about you know like okay, what are like the themes that emerge from this mechanic? You know like doing all these like repetitive behaviors and like uh, building sort of machines out of yourself and like uh, trying to perfect things. And uh, mm-hmm. it it led to a lot of dead ends, but uh, it also eventually led to. Um, the characters who are in the game um, the sort of oh, oh that's so close Aww. oh man <laughs> that's wrong. Um, but yeah like the character of Adia uh, came out of mm-hmm. this idea of this sort of uh, obsessive perfectionist and like uh, you know this is the kind of person who we imagined like using tools like this and uh, kind of uh going all the way in that direction so it it did start with a mechanic but uh you know the story also influenced like the setting and then that influenced like what kind of objects you're working with and uh and all feeds back into itself
3: yeah i think that a lot of this story came out of also uh, like matt and i's experience of being engineers like In a lot Mm -hmm. of ways, this is an engineering game kind of through and through, and there's always this sort of desire and, like, romanticism in engineering for, like, making the perfect machine. Like, this kind of like the idea that if you (laughs) just work hard enough, then, like, you don't have to touch it, and it'll keep working forever. Um, Mm -hmm. and in a lot of ways, that's, like, kind of a false idol, I guess. Like, so to me, a big theme of this game was, like, um, that the importance of a human being in the loop, because you can't, like, if you build a perfect machine, you're going to perfectly encode all of your problems and all of your errors, (laughs) like human error, into the machine. Um, Mm -hmm. like, there is no, you know, concept of this, like, idealized perfect robot. Um, so I think a lot of that came out of those feelings and that kind of, you know, evolved into someone like Adia who, like, we wanted to be sympathetic in some ways, that like you know, she just really just wants to make this place perfect and like not have like uh, human error and like you know keep these plants safe. Mm-hmm. But in doing so, she actually makes things worse. Um, so like trying to, I don't know. There's, I definitely see a lot of myself in India in some ways, you know. Yeah. And like, uh, I, <laughs> no, think it's definitely I, I definitely
0: picked up really on how there. the yeah how the character was integrated into that. And yeah, that's I I love that there were those. Those deeper story. It wasn't just sort of story as sort of like a facade. It was definitely dif- deeply integrated into how you guys were were doing the rest of the world and building it all, building it all out. So yeah, yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for yeah for for yeah, joining me on the you. joining me on the course for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, Can I just we say, I love, so I love, I love the tiny tiny looking at clubs these maps right, right now. And, uh, like.
1: It's oh, a, yeah, the little tiny
0: club that you it's, get when you. It's yeah, so funny. We actually fixed that bug a while back, and so many people were disappointed that we fixed it that we actually re enabled oh, yeah. it just because, like, yeah, uh, you gotta have the feature. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and Wesley's so tiny. <laughs> um, well, awesome. Well, everybody, yeah, uh, thank you guys for, for watching. Definitely check out some of the other talkabouts. And is there anything that you guys wanna say? Check out Last Clockwinder.
3: Anything else yeah. that you guys wanna say or plug? Yeah. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Follow us on Twitter, yeah, I guess. Th- but play our game. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Share, share the game. That's what I would say. The only, the thing that helps us the most is just sharing it with your friends. Like, that's. Yep. I think that's yeah. the biggest yeah. thing. Tell
0: yeah. your friends sharing, it's sharing an awesome it game. We've all been it. playing it here in love helpful. it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, awesome, cool. Well, thanks for watching. <laughs>